there's definite issues. There's anxiety, people are stressed about trying to do five days on four. There are some staff that are worried about their social time with their teammates. Work is more than just a place you come and do work. It's actually a social place for a lot of people. And then I get people coming back and saying, it is stressful, but actually I don't mind the stress because I get the Friday off. This week on Working It with me, Isabel Berwick, we're doing something different. For the past six months, Emma Jacobs, FT feature writer and columnist and friend of the podcast, has been following four different companies as they take on a radical experiment during the second half of 2022. So in this special four-part miniseries, which we are, of course, running daily over the course of a four-day week, you'll hear from Emma as she talks to business owners and employees at four companies taking part in the trial. The participants will be reflecting on how it's been going, and we'll ask whether we're all about to see the biggest change to our working hours since carmaker Henry Ford introduced the five-day week in his factories almost exactly a century ago. So yesterday, we heard how the trial will be working from an organisational point of view. But Emma, how was it when you met the employees? So they were excited and also nervous. I mean, excited about the possibility of having time off for the same pay. Who wouldn't wouldn't, any, <laughs> wouldn't be. <laughs> and nervous because they were worried about how they were going to fit the work in and whether they were going to lose some of the social side of work. Let's start with Yo today. That's the telecoms company in Southampton. How did it go for them? So the way they were thinking about it was slightly different from the others. They were thinking about judging it on a month-by-month basis so that if they hit their objectives, then they could kind of unlock the four-day week for the following month. And if they didn't, then they'd go back to five days. I'm quite a busy person and I'm, I like to be here to help people out. So I was a bit apprehensive and I thought, oh, I don't know how I'm going to like this or how it's going to work for me. This is Linda, the Chief Operating Officer. She's been at Yo Telecom for five years. She wasn't entirely convinced by having an extra day off at first. I was like, yeah, I'm probably maybe not going to use it. The longer I thought about it, I was like, actually, no, it's going to be really good because you get that time to reset, rewind, and then I'll get more out of my week so I won't feel like I need to be jumping around and helping people. Because I'm very customer-facing, as is the rest of my team, we'll have to be alternating what days we will be taking off. But for me personally, I think I'll just be assessing who's in, who's around, what the current workload is, and then plan my week around that rather than saying, right, I'm always taking Thursday off, I'm always taking Friday off. We work with key industries like medical, care homes, stuff like that. So the work that we do does make a difference. And if something goes wrong, it can be life or death for some of these people. So when we put this out, some of our customers were a bit concerned, you know, does this mean you're going to be closed on a Friday? Like, how am I supposed to call you? Because we are a 24-7 service. So I wouldn't want to scare anyone off by thinking, oh, well, she's on a four-day work week. She's never going to get back to me. I'm never going to be able to speak to her because there is always someone there to support them and someone there to help them. One of the key lessons for Linda going into the trial was learning how to delegate instead of doing everything herself. It is a big realisation when you realise that your team doesn't need you as much as you think they do. But it's also quite a nice moment when you're like, actually, you guys don't need me. You're able to do this on your own. Linda summarises that really nicely because we all want to be wanted, but not that much. (laughs) I only want to be wanted in my office hours, really. There is a thing about this whole work experiment, which is how attached we are to work. And that if I think that somebody else can do my job, well, maybe I'm not as important as I thought I was. And so that's quite a hard lesson to unpick, really, and try and get very clear about what makes you essential to the job Mm. and what can be done by other people. 
So we're back at Platten's, a family-run fish and chip shop on the east coast of England. And it's run by Luke Platten's, who was hoping that the trial would improve staff retention, which is obviously a big problem in the hospitality industry, and also lift staff morale and create a more attractive working environment. So according to Luke, the trial was going well in the early days, but I wondered how his employees were feeling about it. And I spoke to Michael Hill, a cleaner at Platten's, who's been there for 11 years. He'd had a heart attack not long ago. Four day a week is absolutely good for me because that means that I can spend time with my grandchildren and be with them more. Are there any worries about how you'll get the job done in the time? No, no. I'm good at my job so I can get it done in time. And uh, before we'd done the four day a week, I was doing long hours. And uh, now that's gone down to four days a week. That's good for my health and science to spend more time doing what I want to do. Team leader Wyatt Watts has been working at Platten's for about five years. He loves his job. It was just like the atmosphere and the fast pace. It felt like a challenge and I love a challenge so it kind of like drawn me in to really push myself. He was a bit worried about how the four-day week trial would go. I was very sceptical to begin with because there'll be times in the afternoon where you'll get hit with like another queue out the door. At that point, if people are then leaving, I don't want to leave it tough for someone else. But it's the fact of knowing that there's an opportunity to finish earlier, because you're obviously doing the set hours, and it just puts everyone in such a good mindset, knowing that, oh, today I've got to come in a little bit later, so I can do what I want in the morning, go for a walk and stuff like that. Like last night, I got to go see my friends. Wyatt doesn't usually get much time to see his friends due to the long and unsociable hours. It always is the same. It's like, I have not got time for you guys. I am rushed off my feet and on my rest days I want to sleep. Whereas now I've got so much more energy, so much more time and it's really nice. This is an employer that's thinking quite hard about its employees and so I think the criticism of hospitality industry is that people are kind of disposable so they can work them hard and then spit them out and this is a company that wants to retain staff and it's a hard physical effort so having time off to refresh is really important. So Platten's is a bit different in that it's physical effort not an office job essentially and that makes a difference in terms of depletion of energy levels. I mean, I guess it's one thing to be sat at your computer kind of sluggish and tired, but it's another thing to be having to serve customers. And it's really busy. They're on their feet all day. And so part of it is also thinking about jobs that they can do together in the downtimes and kind of do productively and maybe socially, like folding napkins in preparation for busy periods so they can sit down and chat, rather than it being kind of full-on, non-stop for long hours. Okay, so we've got a slight change of scene now. We're going over to Hutch, which is a games development company in East London. Yeah, it's a change of scene for sure. As we spoke about last time, it's hoping to attract staff by using the four-day week. Previously, it had done hybrid work even before the pandemic. So it needed to come up with something else to attract staff and retain the best people. And once the trial was underway, I spoke to some of the employees. We've definitely taken a hit on culture time, by which I mean kind of holding events within the office and outside the office. So the first person I met was George Coles, the studio coordinator for Hutch. One of his biggest concern was that by doing this kind of relentless efficiency drive that some of the sociability of work would be lost. Anything from like a movie night to taking people down the park. We used to have Hawaiian Fridays, your theme nights, your quiz nights. We had a shindangle 
not only there's less time to hold them, but there's less time to arrange them. It's a shame to have lost them, but with a bit of time, we'll find a way around and find a way back to. I think all of that is so fascinating because team building at that company is absolutely at the heart of what they do. And the impact of the four-day week might make that difficult. And I hadn't thought about that before I listened to those interviews. Yeah, it's fascinating. So Hutch's workplace has a whole kind of bar area, which is obviously something that other employers could learn from. So they've got drinks, soft and alcoholic drinks. And obviously socialising is quite important, arranged activities. But when we talk about slack in the system, a lot of that slack is chatting And is that a waste of time? Me chatting to you about what you did at the weekend, is that inefficient? Or is it me creating a bond with you so that we work better in the future? So it's a really tricky balance to get right. No, that is absolutely (laughs) not a waste of time ever. Simon, in the last episode, we heard a bit about how some companies were concerned about the impact on creativity in a very constrained four-day week. How did Hutch, which is a creative company, find it once they got going? That's one of the issues that I spoke to Andy Bass about, the art director at Hutch. My team creates adverts for our live titles. We have a, almost a set amount of creatives that we need to output on a monthly basis. We do two concept videos and four iteration videos. My team is one of the easier teams to actually look at and see if we're still being as prolific as we were before the four-day week started. So a task that used to take us a week still takes us a week. But obviously it was five days and we're now doing that work in four days. But Andy still did have some concerns, particularly around training for junior team members. Because previously they had the safety of being in a little hub of three and we could give them work that they weren't necessarily quite ready to do. But a great way of learning is being just slightly out of your comfort zone. And we don't have that luxury now because we need to hit our deadlines. So what we're hopeful of is that we can actually finish our work a couple of days before the end of each month and give training towards the end of every single calendar month. Fingers crossed. It's a worry, but it's not something that I'm losing sleep over. I think the team will help to find the solution. That's a really interesting point about the junior staff. Was that something you found as a concern in other companies? Yes, definitely. Tom Hind, regional manager at Stella, the asset management company in central London, worried about how they'd measure productivity for new recruits into the four-day week trial. The major issues might come in as new staff joining that haven't gone through that process of pre-pandemic Stella or during the pandemic Stella and understanding what the workload is to then move to a four days. Because if a lot of the move from the five days to four days is actually challenging efficiencies, how can you spot the efficiencies if you go straight to a four-day week? That's the biggest challenge for us in that respect in terms of standards slipping, I suppose. I don't think it's going to be people that have been here for a while. I think it's going to be new joiners and getting them around to that mentality. So at first, some of the younger staff were worried that the day off would mean less experience and that they'd be put at a disadvantage to competitors elsewhere. It's quite a young staff, so to go up against someone who's in another firm that's working five days, is that going to stunt my sort of development by only having four days to keep pace with them? It doesn't seem like it's going to be that way. I think it's actually been a really interesting process that people are using the gift days for. I remember from the last episode, at Stella they call the fifth day a gift day. That's how they describe the day off on the five-day week. So Tom uses his gift day, his 
day for treats <laughs> as a career development day. The things that you can use that gift day for, which actually people in other firms aren't doing a four day week, maybe don't have the time to do. What I've found on my gift days, if I am working, is a lot of it is blue time, but it's creative thinking, it's strategy, it's thinking about development days and training, that sort of thing. And I think a lot of that is time that I wouldn't have had previously, or I were doing at seven, eight o'clock at night. So having that day, which maybe you don't have phone calls and things, a lot of people in sort of my age range are using it for personal development. So you know, day doesn't mean you need to just go and sit down the beach or, or go and play golf. There's opportunities and I know a lot of people are revising a lot more than they were previously. So actually professional qualifications are getting done quicker. I've started going to sort of public speaking courses and things like that. So there's a lot of time to yourself to think. It's actually good opportunity really for people to take a step back and think about where they want to go in their career or in their job, which I don't think necessarily there's an opportunity to do for within work time. I'm really interested to see all the creative things that people are doing at Stella. You do have a fifth day, Emma, although you work a four-day week, so your fifth day isn't a gift day, it's actually a day off. What do you do with it? Well, sometimes I answer work emails and have to do bits of writing, but on days where it's completely clear, I do do some personal creative projects, but also it's much clearer to be able to say I'm going to pick my son up from school than it might be on a weekday. Yes, exactly. It allows that sort of boundary between your personal life and your work life to be much firmer. I mean, as you said before, a liminal day does help clear the weekend. You don't spend the whole of Saturday getting over the preceding week. When I used to work four days a week, I basically just went to swim and have a coffee and that took up most of the day. So (laughs) (laughs) nothing constructive (laughs) with it. So how do companies benefit from their employees having this extra day? I think there's something quite interesting there about staff being really proactive in terms of their personal development. It does help the company, I think. Well, I think part of it is the difficulty in figuring out what the difference between work and leisure is. So is me writing a short story, say, the same as doing a feature for the FT? Well, one I'm doing in my free time and the other I'm doing while I'm paid. So how do you demarcate the difference between leisure and work? And that is a problem that a lot of white-collar workers have. Are they doing professional development in their own time or are they doing it on company time? Do they love their job so much that they're having kind of big ideas in that day off? You know, people often talk about the kind of shower big idea. If Um, only I had that. I know, Sally. Hutch was saying that their team often had a creative day anyway where they'd spend a bit of time on their own personal projects. And that creative free time feeds back into their job. So even by allowing people to have some kind of creative outlet, that improves the work that they do the rest of the week. So it's interesting that how many people are spending their day off, in effect, working voluntarily. I know. It sort of seems to follow on from things that we used to hear about a few years ago, which was some of the big tech companies used to allow people to set aside 10 or 20% of their working week for moonshots or personal projects or creative thinking. This seems to be very much in that same bucket. I mean, that's the idea, and I guess this kind of makes it more legitimate. There was always a kind of haziness about whether any of these companies actually allowed it or whether it was one of those PR exercises that they encouraged people to make them think they were a great company. But by having that kind of day free of meetings or not having to do the commute, it does give people more expansive free time, really, to think about their job if that's what they want to do. So regardless of sector... 
there is a communality here about feeling refreshed, ready, perhaps more creative. Yeah. Next time, we'll be hearing from experts on the four-day workweek and whether it's succeeded in other places. So when we are thinking about condensing work or thinking about reducing the amount of work that needs to be done, it won't be one recipe or one approach fits all. It'll have to be a myriad of conversations within the main conversation, which needs to be how do we start working better and smarter and not harder and longer. With thanks to the AFT's Emma Jacobs and to the staff at Hutch, Yo Telecoms, Plattens and Stella for this episode. If you're enjoying the podcast, we'd really appreciate it if you left us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. And please do get in touch with us. We want to hear from you and we're at workingit at ft.com or with me at Isabel Berwick on Twitter. If you're an FT subscriber, please sign up for our Working It newsletter for some behind-the-scenes extras from the podcast and exclusive stories you won't see anywhere else. Sign up at ft.com forward slash newsletters. Working It is produced by Novel for the Financial Times. Thanks to the producers Anna Sinfield and Flo de Schlichting, executive producer Joe Wheeler, production assistants from Amalia Sortland and mix from Chris O'Shaughnessy. From the FT, we have editorial direction from Manuela Saragossa. Thanks for listening. <laughs>